This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for a regular fortnightly korero with the good folks from the Orokanui Eco Sanctuary and Taylor Davies College joining us on the line. Now, Morena Taylor, nice to have you with us again. Jeff, it's good to be here. If it had been a day or so ago, I could have uh, I could have wished you um, happy World Lizard Day. Absolutely, no, it's um, that was on uh, Sunday night. We had Sunday or Monday. We had International uh, Lizard Day. Obviously, a day to kind of celebrate all of our um, unique lizard diversity across the world and across our country. And yeah, no, we, we were. It's a it's a really cool day to talk about the. It's one of the lesser known groups of animals here in Aotearoa, the amazing lizards. I don't know whether you've got this off the top of your head, but uh, how many types of lizard might there be around the eco-sanctuary? Oh, I do have that from the top of my head, luckily, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are six species of lizards in the sanctuary. There are um, two species of gecko, the um, moko kakariki, the jewel gecko, uh, the kōrero gecko, which is a little nocturnal one, and then four species of skink, otago skinks, cryptic skinks, uh, green skinks and southern grass skinks. And, you know, is the eco-sanctuary pretty much an ideal environment for them? I know you've got the special sort of skink enclosure there for the um, for um, some of your special guests. Yeah, so the the sanctuary is really, really um, important habitat for a lot of them. Like the, uh, all of the species that we monitor have shown a massive increase um, every year that we monitored them. Um, so we tend to monitor them using these artificial cover objects, which are like a little piece of roofing material that we flip over and see count how many skinks are underneath. And every year we've done that, the number of lizards that we've found under those has more or less doubled. So in the present, um, sorry, in the absence of predators, these precious animals are doing really, really well. Good to hear, and it's always really cool to go up and stand there, and you know, it's um, you're standing looking inside the enclosure and thinking, where are the skinks? Can't see the skinks, and then suddenly they sort of <clears throat> appear before your eyes as you you get your eyes trained in. Um, they're doing very well, of course, at camouflage. That's what they do. Um, it's quite a special experience to get uh, up close and personal yeah, with them. Of course, yeah, that's exactly right. With, with both the with both the geckos and the skinks, it really is one of those. You get what you put in, and with with animals that cryptic and that camouflage, it, it is worth just spending time. Whether you're looking for the moko kakariki, the jewel geckos, or the otago skinks, or any of the wild lizards as well, but you just put in that time, have a look around, go slow, and see what you can see. Now, Taylor, this morning you want to tell us about a special collaboration on a science project. Absolutely, it's it's super exciting. We we. Every time we bring a new species into the sanctuary is really, really cool. And on Thursday, we are planting some unga which is a tree nettle. Now, this is an amazing plant with very large poisonous spines that contain a toxin called tripidin. And when you brush against this, it causes a lot of pain. And actually, some people have even died. But what makes this plant so important is... For a long time, we've known that it's been a really important nursery habitat for our kahukura and our kahukōwhai, which are our red and yellow admiral butterflies. But recent research from the University of Otago, carried out by a student called Greer, has found that essentially our native admiral butterflies only can produce really healthy offspring on these native nettles. And if they don't have native nettles around, they're forced to use introduced nettles and their babies just don't go as well. Presumably, you're going to be very careful about where you put these. 
Absolutely. So we've got we've got a plan to put some put a few in areas where you could see them from the tracks, but they're not right next to it because we you know we don't want um, uh, we want the butterflies to be able to get to them, not the children. Um, but some most of them will be uh, in places just off the track um, a little bit. So yeah, creating that habitat for butterflies, but you know we're minimising that uh, potential negative human interaction. Is this a, a big task? Um, we're only putting in uh, some sort of 25 plants um, as part of this initial planting, and there'll be a good chance to see if they like the habitat that will, if the plants settle in the area that we're putting them in. You know, the the habitat might not be right for them, um, but also they'll spread over time and um, their numbers will grow, and hopefully that'll help um, support more of these native butterflies in the sanctuary. And that'll be yet another feature, another thing to look out for when you're taking a wander around. Absolutely, we already see because we've got so much native, you know, native flowering stuff. We already do see um, quite a few admirals because places like um, Pūrākanui and um, Whareākeake do have populations of ungunga already. Um, but to have some at the sanctuary so that those butterflies can choose to breed there if they like would be really, really cool. Always learn so much when we're talking with you, Taylor. It's just great. Um, here we are. What is it? About three weeks away from the official beginning of spring. Things starting to kind of change at the eco sanctuary. Yeah. Well, everything is right on the verge of of starting to happen. Some of the species are already getting into their uh, their flowering. We've got um, lots of the forest orchids starting to kind of just sprout up around the sanctuary. Uh, we've got things like the Kotukutuku, which has been in flower already for a couple of weeks um, and sort of coming into its stride more and more. So expect to see more and more kurimako with blue faces around the sanctuary. Um, but yeah, it's just a really exciting time for all sorts of things uh, to starting to pop up. And of course, it won't be long now until we start to see courtship behaviour. Um, you know, uh, we're in August now. September really is when we start to see courtship behaviour and things like the start of courtship in Takehe. But we'll also start to see in our forest birds. So expect to see more action at the feeders during that time as the birds kind of tussle to to set up dominant, to set up mating territories, and to find a mate to you know increase our numbers. Yeah, all the more reason to become a regular visitor to the eco sanctuary, just so you can witness some of these changes uh, over time. And you know, being a bit patient and uh, taking time. We talked about taking time to get your eye in to check out lizards and geckos and what have you. Same thing with some of the changes around the eco sanctuary. I'm sure through the year for the people who are uh, experiencing the, the great pleasure of visiting in different seasons. Taylor, thanks so much for joining us again on the awesome morning show to talk about the eco sanctuary. We're going to give. Uh, uh, one of our lucky ORFM listeners a chance to take away a family pass now. You go well, and we look forward to catching up in the future. Fantastic. Thanks, Jeff. Enjoy your rest day. Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.